Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. I have another giant show on Monday, February 27, 2023. Last week I had Bill Hester doing some of his best work at DC with Gotham City Year One. I also had Chuck Sadley and Jeremy Meager talking about their brand new release series from Band of Bars Comics. Their creation is Monsters in Midway, now available to order previews. It's a series where magic is real and wizards always protected a blissfully ignorant human population from dark magic. Go look at the past shows. I think you'll enjoy both of those. I also had on Robert Zuzanik, an New York Times best-selling author who's done a lot of writing over the years. He talked to me about his new biography he's working on about Steve Ditko. The project is even more fantastic because Robert is doing it with the Ditko family. So check it out. I think you'll find it a real treat to listen to. Rounding out these giant size shows, we have comic book writer Jason Douglas. He's here to talk about his project Parallel. I'm not going to say much about the comic book because it's a wonky and interesting premise, and I'll let Jason handle the characters and stories. And during the taping, I was hoping SourcePoint Press would pick up the project. Unfortunately, that did not happen. However, you can still order the comic via Amazon. There's a link in the show notes. You'll also find a link tree in the show notes on the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. So please follow the podcast on social media and subscribe. I want the podcast to continue to grow, and as I've said many times now, I want to introduce fans to a different way of covering and discovering comic books now on today's show. Welcome to the podcast. Today I have Jason Douglas. Jason Douglas is a writer for right now he's doing a project called Source Point Media. No, hold on, let me stop. I'm gonna do this again. I fucked that up. Sorry. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Oh, wait. Where'd you go? Oh, there we are. Where are you? I'm going to stop. There we go. Okay. Okay, hold on. That's not what I want to do. Am I taping? Oh, yeah, I am taping. Welcome to the podcast. I have Jason Douglas. Jason is doing a private called Parallel. Before we talk about that, Jason, I always ask my first guest, and you're my first guest for right now, at least coming up soon here. I always ask the origin story. How did you get into comic books? Uh, so, thank you for having me on. Uh, I got into comic books late. I'm a late starter on everything. Music, movies, comics, because my parents were not cool. Uh, they would have admitted this to you. My mother... Um, uh, uh, turned down free tickets to see the Beatles in 1965 at Olympia in Detroit to stay home and wash her hair. So I did not have the influence of parents. I'm the oldest of the kids. I didn't have that neighbor down the street. So I came to comics a little bit late, like 12 years old. And so that's like late 80s, early 90s. And then I dove in head first. I'm very much a 50-50 split down. I like I'm a half fully involved both. Like the the crazy the image boom, um, the crazy uh, gold foil die cut uh, embossed cover boom, and I'm loving <laughs> all that stuff. But at the exact same time, I'm deep deep into really good writing 
and really good storytelling. So I became uh, a Sandman kid and believe it or not, even at 12, a Sandman mystery theater kid. And then um, Im the image or not image uh, Valiant, uh, the vintage Valiant books of the early nineties were like, were like my universe, right? Like my pull list as a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old riding my bike to the LCS was literally every Valiant title just because of that connected universe and the good writing. And that was like kind of my origin. That's why I, I kind of half read, half collected, and then did that very, very typical, almost cliched um, nine year hiatus, you know, late teens into the twenties where the only two books, check this out. The only two books that I took with me, um, were Art Spiegel and Mouse and Neil Gaiman Sandman. Wow. And I came back to the hobby and came back to the reading um, kind of like in my mid-late 20s and haven't looked back since. And right back to that 50-50 split, right? Like you go into my back room and there's way too many keys and like, you know, hot books and uh, key books and stuff like that. But at the same time, my shelves are stocked full of my favorite stories, my favorite titles, and definitely my favorite writers. Okay, you have a project coming out from SourcePoint Press. It's called Parallel. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What's that all about? So Parallel is a dark sci-fi twisted tale. Um, some people have told me in the vein of an episode of Black Mirror that begs the question of you, the reader, what price would you pay for a second chance at all the dreams you thought you left behind forever? Um um, it's a graphic novel. It's my very first comic, and it tells the tale of Landon, who um, is pushing his late, uh, pushing 30, and he's having what the kids are calling his quarter-life crisis. Um, if you connect thematically to maybe what I was feeling when I read it, it's probably a little closer to a midlife crisis, but let's not talk about that here. Um, and even though that's kind of a universal thing that people go through when you defer your dreams, when you make decisions at a certain point in your life to kind of make ends meet, knowing that the future is forever and you always have a chance to follow that dream. And then you wake up and 10 years have gone by and you say, oh, it might be too late. Um, you know, that manifests for a lot of us with anxiety, with dread, with existential dread, with maybe depression. For Landon, though, and this is where it gets kind of dark and twisted and sci-fi, he starts to see visions and hear voices of a parallel version of him reaching out and offering that second chance that he thought was gone. Unfortunately for Landon, cost of that second chance, probably not in his best interest mentally and physically. It gets pretty dark and twisted in the second half, and it's quite a ride. So this is your first comic book. Whatever, yeah. did, I mean, whatever decided, I mean, you're, I know you told me you're a teacher, you've been married, you've got yeah. kids. Whatever possess you to say, ding, I want to be a comic book writer. It's so hard it, to get stuff it's published such, today. It's such a ridiculous answer because the dream was there in some seed-like form probably since I was 12. Wow. And yet that dream was not enough to do that thing that's so hard for, for somebody who wants to create, which is the big first step, right? The actual let's do this. It goes from a dream or in my case, a dream deferred to actually something you do. And that was, it was never enough. And literally decades passed. Um, there was even a point years and years ago, almost like five, six years ago, where a buddy of, of mine who, who was a teacher uh, up North, we went to college together where we were but brainstorming over the phone one day. And the, the, the seed for the sci-fi part of parallel, the, the, the parallel you reaching out and, and, and making contact, like that was even there. And that wasn't enough to get me off my butt and take that giant leap forward. The key came, the, the, the switch that flipped and then it all came together and, and there was that lightning strike moment was actually interacting with a former student of mine who I had years and years ago who was literally 
like pushing 30 and she she was talking about how she had this dream to start a dance studio after college in Chicago, took a job here back home to like pay the bills, defer the dream like we always do because there's all the time in the world. And suddenly here it is like eight, 10 years later. And she's like, where did time go? And it just snapped for me. And so one summer off from school, instead of sitting down and writing a one act play, which is my normal summer routine for for the drama clubs that I've run for elementary school and middle school kids, um, I sat down and said, it's time and took a bunch of irrational confidence and a bunch of blissful ignorance because I sat here and I said, literally, how hard could it be to write a comic script? I write plays all the time. Oh, God, it's much harder. Um, but sat down with that blissful ignorance and just started writing that first script and wrote that first half, the first 32 pages of it that summer. Awesome. Okay. So how did you assemble the creative team behind this? So my my origin story for Parallel is about as atypical as it gets for 21st century comics, because it is not um, a, a, it's not a crowdfunded uh, project to begin with. Like I'm, I'm doing a Kickstarter for my next project coming up this May, but Parallel was very much like a comic that was built in 1970, where I wrote it in a bubble and then took this script to a publisher at uh, uh, a comic book convention and literally walked up to the source point booth booth, Brett, uh, uh, booth with like a manila envelope from my classroom with these gorgeous little color paper clips from my desk and like just handed it to the first guy I saw who just happened to be the most beautifully red bearded uh, uh, editor in chief co-founder of source point uh, Travis McIntyre and I'm like just pitching away at this comic and just talking and talking and talking and bringing all this energy to it. And he's like looking at me and I'm not picking up on the social signals of like, what is wrong with you, kid? And um, and uh, he literally stops me and says, like, I'm not quite sure what you're doing. Are you trying to pitch me a comic in 1970? <laughs> like, you know, this is the 21st century, but I like your energy. I like the cut of your jib. Uh, I'm going to read this tonight. Come back and talk to me tomorrow. And like we were in business and source point actually was the one who put the creative team together for me. Wow. That is an amazing story. Cause that does not, that does not happen no, anymore. No, not at all. And, and, and it's funny because like first step is like, I wrote those 32 pages in a bubble with no plan. You know, there's no, nothing's attached to it. And I did my due diligence because as, as blissfully ignorant as I was of how things are made. I mean, I did understand that the thing called the internet existed and, um, you know, kind of like went online and looked around and, and realized that nobody wants your unsolicited script, right? There, there's no, no one out there. And most people, you know, won't even look at it. They want you got to know somebody in order to actually look at it. Right. And I knew nobody. So it was like kind of like another lightning strike is, is going there and, and actually having it come to light this way. Um, have you checked with so the double? That, have you checked with the double to make sure you still got your soul intact and everything? <laughs> listen, listen. The like me and Robert Johnson, we had a little conversation at the crossroads, and he said, uh, he said, listen, don't do this. Maybe you'll get lucky. And I actually walked away before I made that deal. But yeah, okay. I, I, I got you. <laughs> so, so who's Adam Ferris? So That's Adam, the writer. I mean, Adam, so right, is, Adam, so like Adam is the artist that that Source Point brought to me. And again, like a lightning in a bottle kind of thing captured because it ended up being perfect for this project. Like the dude does stuff. He invented grayscale techniques to, to kind of make that ambiguity of the darkness of the tail work. And, and, and there's like those stark black and white images that just kind of blow me away. I mean, um, 
what was really cool about that process was, I think I mentioned, like I had the first half of it written, but I got to do that very cliched writer dream of write the second half of the book, knowing what the artist can do and like, and like making a little darker here and ratcheting up the crescendo of tension here because I knew Adam would be able to capture that. And then he knocked it out of the park and he got to do that thing where he put something into images that was at one point perfect in my head, you know, as you type it and suddenly it's even better when it comes out and it's a page that he's completed. How long did it take for you guys to do it from start to finish? How many months or whatever? It, it, it ends up like from, from, from the writing word one to it being in the world. Uh, that first run that sold out and got two Ringo nominations was a, a, a several year process. And part of that is because it's my first time. Part of that is because it's indie comics and indie comics are blood, sweat and tears and time um, on, on a scale that uh, is a little bit extended uh, than, than definitely the big two. So you are working with Source Point Press. I know I've had several other creators that work with Source yeah. Point Press. What's it like to work with them, people? And how has the experience been with you? I mean, you told me a little bit, but expand a little more. It, it. It's pretty amazing um, beca because of it, the length of my journey. Um, I've got to to be there and witness and participate in a lot of different stages of their development. Like when I pitched them, it was right on the verge of them becoming um, a, a company that had their own section and their own books and previews. Uh, they had been a company that had existed for for almost a decade at that point, but had really cut their teeth on the convention circuit. And then um, as the book is coming together and by the time it's out, blowing up as one of the bigger indie publishers and successful and, and having a deal with Simon and & Schuster and, um, and making movies and all kinds of cool stuff. But what has remained consistent from that day to this and always really warms my heart to know that this is the company that like my projects have found a home with is it's very much still a family. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Because they started out as like, like friends with a common interest and in just starting it. Um, and that has always continued. It's that family atmosphere and everybody looks out for each other. And um, it, it's been amazing. So you said it was, is it correct me if I'm wrong? It's been nominated twice for a Ringo award. Yeah, so so the first print, so like what, what what we've got out in previews this month, and you can pre-order like right now is the special edition. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, that first run sold out after kind of flopping on release because it, it got released right into the middle of the pandemic and people were not going to comic shops. And what I ended up doing, this is the blissful ignorance and irrational confidence again, because I didn't know that this is, wasn't how you did it. I ended up going forward and doing over the next 18 months, 75 interviews like this, because I didn't know that you were supposed to just give up and move on. And eventually a trickle here, a trickle there, and word started to spread and it sold out. And then I get this unbelievable news that it's been nominated for two Ringo Awards. Which Pause is for one like, second. Tell people what the yeah. Ringo Awards are. Because right. people so, don't so know the what Ringos they are. are like, the Ringos, and, and I hate, because it's not a one-to-one, -one, we can't equate it one-to-one, -one, but it's kind no. of like, yeah. it's kind of like, um, uh, the Golden Globes or the Critics' Choice Awards. It, it's it's like, it's not the Eisners. Not a lot of indie books get nominated for the Eisners. It's like literally a national level, high level, uh, big time spotlight award right below the level of the Oscars, in this case, the Eisners. And they give them out every year at, the, at Baltimore, which is uh, probably uh, creators like favorite con of the year. 
and it got nominated for um, best single issue or story. And then I got nominated for best writer and I got to go out to Baltimore and uh, give a speech on stage and hand out some awards and sell out a, an icon exclusive version of the book and then gracefully lose to the dude who writes Batman for both awards, which was a lot of fun too. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, your story is like a fanboy writer thing come oh, true. Absolutely. It's just amazing. It's like, I keep on, I'm, I might ask him like, you share your soul's intact. There's nothing wrong with your, you know. Because well, that's, I mean, that's, you know what, that, that's, a, that's a really, really good way to put it because being my first time and being at such a advanced age all came true. You know, I've been a, I've been a fan decades and decades longer than I've officially been a creator, you know, on the other side and going to conventions and meeting people and signing books. So every step of this process from, from day one of typing the first word on the computer that summer to today, you know, putting the special edition out there and, and, and the Kickstarter coming up in May, every single step of the way has been with the perspective of age, like the first amazing thing where it's very hard for the 12 year old inside of me not to go. <laughs> every exactly. Step exactly. Now it's currently the new editions in previews. Yeah. How's the best way for a person to order it and pre-order it? And when is the deadline for the previews? Or can they actually order it from uh source point itself? What's, yeah. what's the best avenue? It's, it's really, really easy to order. So um, I'll give you three really good ways to do this. You can be you can be that old fashioned person and walk into your local comic shop, right, and uh, have them order it for you. You say Jason Douglas, you say Source Point Press, you say Parallel Special Edition. The diamond order code is uh, J A N January uh, twenty three eighteen seventy two. Um, there's a lunar order code that you can if your shop does lunar, they can get it through there as well. Um, you can go to uh, my Instagram account, which is uh, at J Douglas writes. Um, it's my only social media. Cause like, as you said, I'm a, a public school teacher by day and we don't mess with social media. It's a good way to get fired. Um, so you come in, hang out with me at, at, at J Douglas writes. And I've got a link to the uh, diamond order code in my bio. And you can actually, this is talk about 21st century. You can actually click on the link. It takes you to diamond and you don't even have to go to your shop. You can just like choose, you can order the book and click your local shop and it sends it right there so you don't have to pay for shipping. What's what's the deadline right now for it? So the, for, the, the final order cutoff is February 20th. Oh, good. So you have plenty of time. Awesome. Yeah, plenty of time. You can go straight to sourcepointpress.com and you can order it there. Um, so you can kind of get it through my Instagram. You can get it through Diamond. You can, you can definitely. So, so this is the expanded edition. What makes it so special? So this has got the entire original story, the uh, the the very now kind of uh, uh, famous forward by superstar writer Casey Pierce. And then it's got 50 additional pages that were curated by me and put together because I love good back matter in a trade paperback. Thank you, Ed Brubaker, for inspiring me. Um, and it's got it's got an afterward by me that kind of details a story along the way. Um, it's got annotated script pages. It's got annotated... Um, uh, concept art and rough pencils. It's got a wicked cool cover gallery, everybody's favorite part about uh, expanded editions that collects all the different um, kind of very, very cool variants that I was honored to get along the way. And then my favorite part is a bonus 10-page story that I wrote and Josh Sobeck of SourcePoint did art on that dives back into the world of Parallel. And I call it, I think you'll appreciate this being a Bronze Age guy. Um, 
I call it a between the panel story. Do you remember the great phenomenon, especially with Marvel on how, you know, when you've got like a, like, like a fantastic four book and something major happens between issues or between panels or between yes. pages, yeah. it's just that tiny little editor's note saying like the infinity war literally happened between panel seven and eight. You're like, really between panel seven and eight. It doesn't even look like the character's batted an eye. And that always kind of amused me. And it inspired me because, because parallel is very much as a story. It's, it's got a beginning, middle and end. And the ambiguous ending Gives you your bang for your buck because it really encourages rereading and going back and experiencing again, which is my favorite kind of story. But it was one of those things with with a definitive ending where I'm not going to continue telling Landon's story into the future. I, I just didn't think that that was what was appropriate. So I always said, like, in that first round of 75 interviews, like, no, I'm not coming back to it. And then what I found was there was more story to tell, not after the ending of the book, but between some of those pages and panels. And so these 10 pages are literally a deeper dive into some of these characters you end up really caring for and seeing some more insight and actually enriching the story itself and answering some questions you might have had by between page 10 and 11, you get these two extra pages and get to see where they went and how that leads to the next event in the book. I know you sent me the preview copy and I read most of it because we, we put this whole interview together really quickly. It is a fantastic yeah. project. I really did enjoy it. Before you wrap this up, do you have anything else you want to add to the podcast interview? Yeah, absolutely. So there's two quick little things. Um, number one, um, uh, I've really, really appreciated this journey and 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 the community that I found uh, online and at cons and, and and fans and and podcasters like you. It's really meant the world to me. And I know, and I truly believe that when you support an indie book like Parallel and a, and a small press outfit like SourcePoint, that, that your dollar really goes a long way. And this is not throwing shade at the big two. I grew up with the big two. I still spend some dollars on the big two. But like your dollar really, really goes a long way in, in the world of indie comics because you are literally putting food on table, clothes on backs and keeping a family business together. When you do that, who are in the business of telling the best stories that they can. Um, and you know, the margins are pretty small. So supporting indie is like, it's a great cause. And I would certainly appreciate your support. And then again, in May, when I do my very first Kickstarter on my new project, Jane American, which is um, a, a project near and dear to my heart, um, 1946 post-war small town America, uh, 15-year-old female protagonist that is loosely based on my late grandmother. And, and the story itself is very much inspired by all the young women and non-binary kids who have come through my classroom in the last 20 years. Because thematically, it's very much about, about race, gender, and identity and, and being who you are, even if society tells you you can't be. Jason Douglas, writer parallel, available from SourcePoint Press. All of those various links will be in the show notes. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. It was fun meeting you. I am definitely going to have you on again. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, sir. It was my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. How'd you go? Hold on. Where the hell did you go? My thing is acting, my app is acting all kinds of weird shit on me here. So hold on. It's okay. Um, why are you up there now? Anyways, um, okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're anyway. still recording too. No, we're, we're done recording. I stopped. Um, so did you, how'd that go for you? Mm. you all right? Oh, it was great. Play? It was fun. Thank you. That's fine. Um, oh yeah, I love a good quick hitter.
Perfect. I, I yeah, I don't want to um yeah, so oh let's go here. Okay, I'm pausing. Why are you unpausing? Oh, wait a minute, there we go. No, that's not what I want. Anyway, you're on my other thing over here. I got two monitors. Um, do you think possibly Travis McIntyre might want to come in and talk about source point in general? Um, I mean, I will I will put it forward. Like Travis is no longer the editor in chief. He's now just like 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 uh well, whoever the editor sides and whoever the editor um um, I, I, like I said, uh, I've had a lot of source point people on. I'd like yeah, to give us some more. Josh Warner is currently the editor in chief, and he might be interested. I'll pass that on to him. Yeah, that's fine. And there's some other people. Uh, Garrett Gunn is a big gun over there. He's a he's a guy who writes uh, uh, Good Boy. Uh, Dr. Christy Blanche edits a lot of their books and writes a lot of their books. She's my editor on Jane America, and I'll pass you know, that on to her. Too. I also would love to have some editors on the show too. Yeah. So I'm just yeah, trying she's to get... brilliant. She's she's my favorite person in the world right now. So yeah, pass some things out. Figure out why aren't you on Twitter? Mm -hmm. Um, teacher thing. I just really? like I don't want to play that game with uh yeah. Too many kids already have access to me and too many parents. I mean, you read parallel. I dropped some F bombs in there. I mean, Jane American is gonna be a project that'll eventually probably be in school libraries. But like my first project, it was like yeah, middle school parents can be a little fickle. So Honestly, the only reason I even uh, this Instagram is my very first social media. Um, it was part of the contract that Travis made me sign because, you know, a lot of self-promotion or else I wouldn't be on social media at all. Gotcha. All right. I understand that. All right. Um, before we wrap this up and let you go, is there anything else you want to um, say anything about anything right now? No, I mean, we'll just uh, like stay in touch and we'll do the we'll do the fun comic show. And then I, I and I'll send some people your way and and then I could definitely use your support in May as well. Yeah, no, we'll definitely have um, you on for the Kickstarter. Do you want, um, if you're interested in, in learning how to do a good Kickstarter, I can possibly send some people your way to actually have done Kickstarters. Oh, please. Yeah, just send them to my, send them to at J Douglas Writes. I, I could use all the help and advice and support I could get. Okay. And then um, you actually gave me an idea. Next. You actually gave me an idea. I'm, go go, I'm thinking about possibly also having um, some guys come out and actually talk about how do you run a successful Kickstarter. Just for oh cool, but yeah okay. I know you got another thing going. Actually, I got two more yeah. tapings to later on today to do. Also, I'll send you me an too. <laughs> I'll send me you an too. email. We'll figure out something to do with Valiant. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. This won't go up until probably sometime after, probably towards the end of the month, and I'll let you know for sure. Okay, yeah, just just make sure you tag me, and then I'll uh, I'll repost it and send some followers your way. No problems. All right. Um, okay. We're going to end this, and I will talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. All right, bye. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.